Utah Royals FC show. This is Cindy Lara, and I'm joined today by Lucas Mueller. Lucas, how's it going? It's going well. It has been a crazy, crazy day um, with a major announcement this morning. Uh, Two press conferences between the league and the Royals. Um, But yeah, pretty excited and doing okay. Yeah, what what kind of news are you talking about? Well, I don't know if you've heard, but the league announced allocation month. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, there is going to be a tournament held in our very own Utah. I guess my very own. You don't live mm-hmm. here. Uh, <laughs> in the state of Utah um, called the 2020 Challenge Cup presented by... Uh, Procter and Gamble and Secret. Yeah, pretty so exciting. Huge. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, because we were, yeah. no, go ahead. No, well, we're we just recorded well, a week uh, ago. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, this is you know it's been reported and rumored for several weeks now, but it was announced this morning. Yeah, and it's been. I mean, initially it was like, oh, it's gonna happen. You know, like one which is a pretty big deal, the Washington Post, I think. I mean, that's a pretty respectable publication. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, hearing it last week, you're like, oh, really? This is how it's going to, what's going on? And then as the week went on, it just caught traction. So, and then a week later, here we are, fully details, and um, it's out there. So, yeah, the 2020 Challenge Cup is happening. And it's coming to coming back our li- into our lives as far as soccer goes. Um, so obviously it's a tournament. Three groups of three teams. The top eight advance. One little tiny one team because one little team's going to be left out. Uh, the ninth place team will pack their bags and leave in shame, <laughs> um, as you put it. But I like that you read that just verbatim. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. Um, so yeah, all NWSL teams are participating. Um, it it has this very World Cup slash Olympic type feel to it because it's like a month, um, and it's all concentrated. It's all in a controlled environment, uh, using uh Real Salt Lake's facilities like uh the Zion Bank Stadium, the training facilities, Real Tinto. Uh, Hotel rooms have been, like, booked specifically for this tournament. So Mm -hmm. it's, like, and Salt Lake City has hosted the Olympics. So um, it's going to have no big, no big deal. It's going to have that same kind of feel. But we don't get to go. But anyway. Yeah, no fans, uh, which is major. Um, Still don't know if media will be allowed or not. Um, I would really like to photograph this thing, but I don't know if that's going to be a possibility. We'll see. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting that there will be um, soccer in the U.S. again. It sounds like this will be the first um, first first real professional league in the United States to start playing games. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in a competitive way. And so that is really fantastic for the NWSL. Um, today, the um, commissioner commissioner of the NWSL, um, Lisa Baird, said, you know, it wasn't for them about coming back first. It was about coming back safely. That was their priority. But you have to think that they're pretty excited to be um, the first professional sports league back in the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which hearing from and and I, and I think that's one thing is obviously that's huge because you're bringing back sports to a very we've been deprived from all kinds of sports right now I mean even I watch I don't really follow the German league not I don't have anything against it I just you know I'm not invested in it and even I was excited to catch it this weekend um and actually be able to watch some soccer so I think one thing that the NWSL commissioner said, Lisa Baird, was that they weren't really striving to go first. Um, uh, I took a note on this. She said, if I go to it, she was guided by being safe, not first. So um, that just goes to show that um, everything just kind of fell into place and with the dates and the location and um I mean, she she even was like, "Are we first? I don't know if we're first, but um, yeah." She was like, "I'm gonna need my friends in the media uh, to like speak to that <laughs> to yeah. a phone call conference full of reporters." It was pretty funny. I know it was pretty funny, but yeah, to a, a landscape that's been pretty deprived of sports, it will be a big deal um, in general. So, yeah. Uh, I think I think there is excitement um, you know from uh let's get sports back together let's watch some soccer um uh, yeah so when is it Lucas tell us when it is well that's a fantastic question and thank you for asking uh <laughs> June 27th through July 26th there'll be 25 games played um in that time. And so just so people have a sense of what this thing will actually look like, it'll start out by um, being three groups of three teams playing against each other, like tournament style. Um, So it's like group stage, like you would get in the world cup, except for only three teams. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where it's weird, but kind of necessary to have like a good um, bracket coming out of that is they need eight teams of the nine so one you know like we said has to pack their bags and leave in shame um <laughs> which would be so terrible and ironic and sad if it was utah mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. fingers crossed that doesn't happen um mm. and with the way we've seen sky blue and uh, washington and even orlando improve And not having any sense of where teams are, you know, um, from like a playing perspective, it just feels like everything is such a wild card. So it's going to be fascinating to see how those groups, how that group stage goes for all the teams. What's weirder is I asked um, the Royals general manager, Stephanie Lee, who's been on the show before. She's fantastic. um, How those how the teams are going to be selected for the groups. 
last week I I fully thought it would be like seeded. Uh, so, you know, one through nine from probably last season standing, something like that. Um, but it's just going to be a league wide lottery. So mm-hmm. we could end up in a group with um, Chicago and the courage and, you know, that's going to be a group of death or there could be a group with some bad teams or, you know, it's just going to be super random. Um, and that makes me a little nervous for the group stage, but then after that, it turns to, um, uh, the quarterfinals, um, and it'll be a knockout competition. So, um, you know, each team will play one game and the winner advances, um, very quick, like the world cup. Um, and then the final will be on, um, July 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, Deloy Hansen said, um, what did he say? He said something like they have eight practice fields, two stadiums, a big stadium, a little stadium, um, meaning Zions Bank Stadium and Harriman. Um, that's at the RSL Academy and where um, RSL's USL team, the Utah, or not Utah Royals, uh, Real Monarchs play. So that's like their home stadium. It's a turf field that holds four or 5,000 fans. Um, it's a great little stadium. It's super beautiful with the mountains in the background. Mm. Um, but I'm going to guess that a lot of those games are going to be played, played there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still unclear what games will be played where. Um, if they have multiple games in a night, I assume there's going to be, um, you know, playing between both stadiums to kind of offset that, the right. wear and tear on the fields. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good background on, on what's gonna happen um 25 games total it really does have a very world cup feel to it um which is exciting um but you know there's there's been a lot of there, there's been just a lot of uncertainty and i think uh just hearing from like media and uh you know fans it's like is this really worth it um, should we be holding a tournament? Is it safe? What, you know, it seems like it's too soon. Um, and, you know, it's, at, at this point, this could, the owners are going into this tournament, you know, prepared for two scenarios. They'll have this tournament and this is it as the, you know, 20, you know, some form of play for 2020, or it's the start to, you know, the, the rest of the season. So yeah. And it's allowed for visibility. Um, they've picked up two sponsors along the way, PNG, I believe, and then, um, Verizon and secret. So that's cool because that also gives an opportunity for when with Verizon. So PNG and then Secret are sponsoring the tournament itself, but then Verizon has come on as like multi-year sponsor, kind of like Budweiser. So yeah. that's there's some positives, and I think even just from here from the commissioner and medical field, and even just talking to hearing from like. Amy Rodriguez, you know, from an actual player, and it seems like they have handled it, you know, and 
are ready to put this on as prepared as possible. Like it's not just something they threw together and we're like, well, you know, pick some dates and let's do this. Like there's been, I, I, I trust, I definitely having a commissioner uh, has helped with this whole planning process and having an NWSL Players Association also helps a lot with um, protecting your players and, um, you know, they have a, their own medical staff team, their own task force that they're taking uh, advice from. So it seems to be very well planned out. Um, obviously, COVID-19 doesn't care about plans, um, but it's, it's just from here and from Amy Rodriguez herself. She's confident. She feels safe. Um, she is... Um, yeah, she's she's not. I mean, obviously everyone's going to have concerns, but she trusts, she has confidence in the league and the staff and, and the Utah medical staff. So those are positives that I've been able to pick up just from, you know, calls today is, is they're not just scrapping this together and here we go, you know? I, yeah, I really appreciated what she had to say about she missed playing. She's excited to get her boots on and get back in the field, but she's also not naive to the risks. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does feel like the league is taking appropriate steps. Um, you know, Utah has been pretty fortunate to not be hit too hard. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what, like, I don't know. I, I think I go back and forth personally thinking like, is this really a good idea? Is this really what's important right now or not? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, part of me is kind of glad I'm not the decision maker because I don't know if it is worth it, but I'm also on the other hand, very excited that this is happening and just really hopeful that nothing bad comes out of this, that people don't get Mm -hmm. sick or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. if there are no deaths that come out of like trying to host this kind of tournament, um, it seems unlikely, but, um, you know, it's been a crazy year and you never know what could happen. Um, Mm -hmm. especially dealing with, a virus like COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have, yeah, that medical task force. It's made up of 15 physicians. Um, seems like they, they have a really good and very thorough um, plan on their website that if you want to go to nwslsoccer.com, you can read um, mm-hmm. that talks about um, uh, all the protocols around dealing with um, COVID-19 in regards to this tournament. Um mm-hmm. I haven't read it all, but it does, you know, there's, I think, three or four documents that are on multiple pages each talking about protocols. Like, they, they have a protocol for what happens if someone does test positive. So it's not mm-hmm. like they're just naive of, we're going to hope we can get through this without ever getting a single test that comes back positive for coronavirus. And if that happens, we have no idea how to respond. Like, they've thought through, okay, if one player, if two players, if a team gets sick like how do we respond and i think that is if you're going to do this tournament they're doing it as responsibly as you can Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's really all you can do at this point because it is going to be um any way you look at it, it it is it is risky to have something like this um you know, just like we're seeing, you know, reopening of states and, and, you know, going to work and, and 
everything in this age and in the period and the time that we're in is 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 a risk. Um, but there are definitely smart ways to do things, and yeah. So I felt a little bit more. I, I was I was kind of the same page, you know. Of like, is this really a good idea? Do we really need this? Like, it seems like important things. This isn't like important. And I said last week, like, I'm not thinking about soccer. Um, I'm thinking about staying safe and making sure, um, you know, doing my best to stay safe and and spreading that same message to you know people around me. But um, I felt a little bit more confident just hearing from someone like Amy Rodriguez, who, you know, says they've worked really hard to organize a top-notch tournament in a safe space for them to play. So, you know, Amy wouldn't lie. Amy, you know, she wouldn't. And she even said if she was not comfortable with it, she would voice her opinion. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and that is one of the more exciting and honestly reassuring things to me about this tournament is one, the players associate association um, negotiated for full pay for every contracted player for the whole season. So they get their entire salary, um, Mm -hmm. including health benefits through the whole year, which is really, really huge. Like that's something to be celebrated. Um, you kind of juxtapose that to MLS, uh, where the, I think they've negotiated, only like a 20% salary cut granted Mm. those players are getting paid on average far, far more than NWSL players. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's pretty awesome that, that the NWSL players association was able to get that. Now on top of that, a player can, cannot play in this tournament and they don't have to. Um, It's basically voluntary. You would think that there's, you know, probably, so I don't know, pressure or, you know, care for your team about why you'd want to play or just mm-hmm. being good for your career. But it seems like players are excited and motivated to play. Um, you know, the only player that we've spoken to is Amy Rodriguez. She's the team captain. Obviously, she's going to, you know, probably mm-hmm. put a positive spin on this. But I also, I think like you, believe her or trust her that um, she feels safe around it. Um and so it's really cool if a player, for whatever reasons, like, you know, I just don't feel comfortable or safe, that mm-hmm. their their paycheck is not on the line if they play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that was, even as things were leaking last week and reports were coming in, um, various reports, um, the reason why it really hadn't been announced officially um, was more so from the players, the you know, the NWSL Players Association, um, even, you know, the United, the U.S. Players Associations as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not something that, um, because of the times we're in, like, it's like, you're not going to get penalized if you don't want to participate. If you're like, hey, I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to, like, NWSL players are not going to be you know, there's not going to be any sanctions for them if they choose not to participate. Um, and then also for the U.S. national team players, should they also not want to participate, like, it's not going to affect their salary. So this was important, and I think this was the big key, because 
if you're not going to protect your players, um, then it really just shows that you just are you want to put this on because for the money and you're not taking your players' concerns into consideration. So yeah, I mean, I think it does a ton of good PR for the tournament that it's not you know players aren't being forced. Right. Um. Do you know? So I'm still a little hazy about for the u.s national team players is it are they deciding as a group is it each one of them individually do you know do you know what's happening there because i'm still not sure yeah so i believe it's from it's individual it's an individual choice um the 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 thing that i've read and i think this was caitlin murray on yahoo sports her report said that um, and she wrote the book on the national team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sh- there there obviously will be some players who don't play, and I think it's it seems like the older players are want to want to opt out just because there's much more at stake with the Olympics next year. Um, so definitely do expect some U.S. national team players not to participate. And so, you know, if you think about the older players, who are we thinking? Carly Lloyd, um, you know, Ellie Krieger, Ashleen Harris, um, those type of players. I, f- I feel like they feel like they don't see that this risk is necessary. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an individual choice, and they're not like the NWSL Players Association players it's 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 up to them so yeah i i mean what a bizarre you know they just had a crazy year in 2019 Mm -hmm. of winning the world cup having to split time between the national team and their um club teams fully thinking you know they've got an olympics coming up we got to knock this one out of the park because we weren't able to get it done last time Mm -hmm. to now like Oh, there's just no soccer. You think you think they would want to play just to stay sharp in the same practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, you know, 25 games, um, you know, across nine teams granted in, in just under a month is, mm. is a lot. But also these are players that have done that at the Olympics, done that at the World Cup. Um, right. Yeah. So I think, to me, I think the... U.S. national team players are probably the biggest question mark on that um, because, uh, yeah, Lisa Baird said um, rosters are due, I think, June 21st, mm-hmm. um, which is the first day teams can report to Utah. Um, and so she's like, yeah, we'll find out about national players, team players right. then, which is kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy, but I have a feeling all that will leak before yeah. the official one. Um, so, yeah, so that's good. No players would be affected. Um, and all, again, no players have to play if they feel they're not safe. The conditions are not safe, but um, yeah, I guess, you know. You know, Lucas, say you're an, an NWOC player right now. What do you do? Do you play? I mean, personally, if I had the opportunity to play professional soccer right now, I would say yes. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, th- I think probably, I mean, it seems like the risk is honestly pretty low. Um, it seems like that um, they're thinking a lot of these scenarios through really well. Um, and lastly, I think athletes want to compete. Um, mm-hmm. I think they all miss it. Um, I think they want to stay sharp. I think they want to prove themselves. Um, maybe show their team players. Uh, I I would be surprised if a lot of players said that they weren't willing to play in this tournament. I think there there might be exceptions with people, um, with families like might be less likely just because you know having kids or a spouse might bring an added complication. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I'm I'm not sure. It seems like you know it doesn't seem like. The league has said they are providing child care. There's things in place to be sure families are taken care of, which is really great. And I asked Amy about that specifically. Um, but she has, um, she's married. She has two little boys and they're here with her, her, at least her two little boys. I'm not sure about her husband are here with her okay. in Utah. Um, and th- what's, what's cool is, so they kept talking about this village, um, uh, for the tournament and basically my understanding and tell me if you thought of it had a different understanding, but um, was it's, it's where players are allowed to be and that's very limited. So it would be um, like the, the Academy, the stadium, American first field um, and housing. And part of the housing is the Royals current housing. So they don't have to move, which is really great. Um, Everyone from my understanding, like, has a roommate or two um, Mm -hmm. and Deloy Hanson owned apartments. And so they can continue to live in their houses, which to me is probably one of the biggest edges that they have over other teams is their daily lives. Don't really change that much. They get to sleep in their own beds. They get to practice at their own fields. Um, And yeah, they don't have, you know, home crowd advantage, but they do have home ground familiarity and that's, that could be really huge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like you said, they are, you know, they're the housing apartment complex that they're currently at is where they're going to stay, but they still have to follow like the same guidelines as every other NWSL um, team. Yeah. They're not able to like pop out and go to Starbucks or, (laughs) the example given today, they're not allowed to leave and go buy like toothpaste at the, <laughs> at the grocery store, but because Procter and Gamble is a right. sponsor. That shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> right. They have their toothpaste needs covered. Yep. And I, and I do wonder, and this is maybe like a question for the future, but um, you know, if you are an NWSO player and you are participating in, you know, it's gotta be like, you sign something saying that you are going to follow, you know, these rules and these protocols and, you know, I don't yeah. know if it was asked. Surely there's some kind of consequences for breaking. Like I would think fines or maybe you'd be, you know, ejected from the tournament if you broke, you know, the, the rules that they put forward. Right. Right. Cause we know how how well we've done with social distancing as a general population. 
Uh, Sometimes good. Not always. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, so teams are selected through a lottery, like you said earlier. Um, it's kind of weird, but yeah. I guess if they, if they do it for the World Cup, why not? And NWSL tournament, you know? Well, in the World Cup, it's seeded. Is it? Yes. What? This whole time? Yeah, that's why FIFA rankings are so important this whole time. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just didn't really think it was. Yeah, I mean, that's why your FIFA rankings are important. I mean, that's why, was it Poland in 2018 in the Men's World Cup? Had refused to play anything other than friendlies for like a year or two leading up. And were able to like hijack the FIFA rankings to basically be get into an easier group. Uh, And so they had to change the FIFA rankings because Poland got to go. I think it was Poland, but I got to go further in the competition than they really had any business going because they hadn't played any meaningful games. Wow, Poland. And wow, I didn't know this. Wow. Call myself some soccer fan. Um, Disgrace. I'm just, I'm done. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. It's World Cup. It's international play. Who pays attention to that? Um... (laughs) All right, so what else did we learn from these media calls? Um, yeah, Amy has her kids, and it, this was actually somebody asked this question. Um, um, which, you know, there's a lot of moms in the NWSL, it's not just Amy Rodriguez. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, Children and their caregiver are going to be able to join the player on this tournament. Um, that's kind of cool. That they'll still have that. And then what else? Our awesome friend Alex Vehar asked Stephanie Lee, the general manager, what's going on with like Buhadi and Maro, and got. A nice shutdown of no comment. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie Lee was not Mm-mm. not about answering. Basically, it's not clear um, if Morrow and uh, Buhari are, are coming to Utah at all, basically because of the COVID situation. It seems like it was, you know, a done deal. And now there's talk about Man City. There's talk about them staying in France. Um, and we just don't know. And... Mm. Uh, we got to affirm no comment on that. Mm-hmm. And but you have to wonder, does their, does the Royal strategy and spending big and bringing in a couple key players change? If in all likelihood, your season is a one month tournament mm. versus, you know, a season, a normal long season um, where those players might pay a little bit more dividends. Uh, yeah, it's hard to get someone in and integrated by um, June twenty seventh, mm-hmm. one month from today, um, when you can't even start really practicing as a full team yet. Yeah, yeah. So I honestly would not be surprised if those signings do not happen this year. Um, good thing, be, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing and. 
it's a good thing in my mind that the Royals did so well at the draft because those mm-hmm. players might have to be a lot more important than we were anticipating. For sure. That's true. And like you said, like, do you, if it's a one month thing, is it worth it at this point? Are you just basically the way I'm viewing this tournament? It's not like, Oh, here we go. The season's starting. It's like, no, let's see what happens because there's a difference from being in a very controlled environment and every team is in one spot for a month to where you kind of just open everything up and you are traveling to, you know, you know, New York where it was heavily hit and Chicago and, you know, the West Coast, like upper Pacific Northwest, sorry. So, yeah, yeah I don't, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because there was so much excitement and, and should, if COVID had not happened, yeah, Maro and Buhati sign with Utah Royals FC and Utah wins the NWSL championship, you know, but at this what point. What could have been. What could have been. But at this point, we don't have an NWSL championship, you know, we don't have, we all we have is one tournament. I know, but if you get to host that trophy and you're the only team to ever do it, that Challenge Cup becomes pretty important. It's true. It's basically like the NWSL Championship. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. Any other comments on the tournament? Cool tidbits that we learned from back-to-back conference calls? That's... That's all I can think of. I feel kind of fried. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, one thing that was interesting is they were looking at four different sites um, and selected Utah. I mean, the, and for listeners who haven't been to the Harriman uh, facility, the Zions Bank Royal Academy or whatever the full name is, it is really incredible. Like, it's a world-class training facility. It's designed for multiple teams being hosted um when when they opened it um Dolly Hansen talked about like wanting to hone, host teams from um the Bundesliga and um you know a lot of big european teams do summer tours and this be a home base and to have um mm-hmm. youth soccer tournaments and they have you know two indoor um really high quality turf fields an outdoor turf stadium uh six or seven grass fields and then they've got rio tinto and sandy and a grass field very close by called america first field so the infrastructure here for something like this is is really really incredible um paired that with utah's low covid numbers and i think it feels like a pretty safe place to have something like this yeah and that was that was definitely that makes a lot of sense why Utah would be the place. Not only, I mean, obviously, um, having you know, pretty not I mean not I mean, COVID has hit every state, but um, less than one hundred deaths is, um, you know, so Utah has done a pretty well job of managing and. And, you know, flattening or whatever you want to call it, 
Mm. Um, but then you add these world-class facilities, and yeah, Utah is, makes the most sense for this, you know? Yeah. One, one other thing I wanted to say is um, ask Deloy Hansen about um, the furloughed employees. I think I'm honestly the only person who's been able to ask him about furloughed employees in a public like press mm-hmm. setting. So I felt kind of excited about that. Um, not the brag. But um, he said that they were hoping to bring like 30 to 40 of those employees back. We have an article written by Matt Montgomery now up on um, rsosoapbox.com. So if you want more details about what that looks like specifically, mm-hmm. check out the article. But it is still really not happy how that was handled, uh, if I'm honest. But um, it's good to see that some employees will be brought back um, for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which good job asking. Um asking that question luke um yeah, that's me uh, whatever she said <laughs> all right so just to wrap it up nwsl i mean like the tournament talk um nwsl challenge cup in utah june 27th to july 25th did i get my right oh sorry 26 close so close um basically a little nwsl world cup happening and even though fans are not allowed to attend and that makes a lot of sense i would actually be very very nervous if there were fans allowed and um even though there are no fans allowed all games will be available on cbs all access and i believe the let me make sure I have this right so I don't look like a dum-dum. Okay, so <laughs> all CBS, all games are available on CBS All Access. Yes, you have to pay, but it's like six bucks. Give up Starbucks for a week. <laughs> um, with the opener and championship game airing live on the major CBS. So yeah. that's cool that there will be some visibility you know, so. Yeah, someone, I think um, Kim McCauley made the point that, you know, people are frustrated that they have to pay $6 a month for a new service. It's probably just for one or two months that you'd have to pay. Um, but um, CBS is doing this to get subscribers. Um, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they are offering a, a pretty decent platform, it seems like, for the league. It seems like a, a good win for them because... Mm-hmm. Again, it's going to be the first professional sports team playing meaningful games in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I know not everyone is super stoked about having to pay for yet another subscription when we all feel like we probably have too many already. Mm-hmm. Um, you could always use a VPN and uh, say you're outside the U.S. or Canada and stream it on Twitch. Switch? Twitch. Mm-hmm. Twitch, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the kids are using these days. Um, <laughs> Um, and those are kind of the options, but yeah, it's cool that the opener and the final are both on, you know, big mm-hmm. CBS full, full television. For sure. And it's one week free plans start at five ninety nine a month. You get to pick your plan 
and you can cancel or change your plan at any time. So, so you could do like, one week free and then one month and you get away for paying six bucks mm-hmm. for 25 soccer games. Not a bad deal. Uh, and you should hit us up and we should make commission on this because I feel like we are selling it. For sure. CBS, I would like 50% of what you make from this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if only. But, you know, I'm the first person that's like, I don't need another subscription. But, you know, I what can I give up for a month? I don't know. I don't need wine. I can give up wine. I can give up. Actually, you I will give that one up. Six dollars a month on wine. What kind of wine are you drinking? <laughs> no, I just spent like a general budget money. But if anybody I, knows a really good six dollar wine, let me know. <laughs> um, you can get three two buck trucks. Mm. Um, I will stop driving to work for the next month. <laughs> you already do that. Yeah, I got an email saying we're not going back at least through the end of June. So wow. I just accept that I'll never see my office again. It's That's fine. true. Never, never again. Um, yeah. So there we go. That's what we know. That's what we know. Players will be tested regularly. They go, they'll get tested when they arrive. They'll get tested a week, you know, once a week. They get tested before games. Just a whole lot, a lot of testing. And um, according to Deloitte Hansen, um, all these tests that they'll be conducting will not take away from the resources from the state of Utah. So um, that was a concern that, you know, all these. They're coming from somewhere, but not from Utah. (laughs) They're not coming from, they're not going to be taken from Utah. Yeah. And that was a concern. (laughs) Testing. They offered me a job once in like 2011, and I often think what that would have been like if I had gone into blood testing. Mm. What would that have been like? Could be like Nikita. Good. Didn't she do something like that? Yeah, she does a bunch of blood testing. Something Who is sciencey. something scienty? And she's, I believe, working on her DA, PhD. I almost said DHD. No. Um, PhD. Um, so yeah, that's what we know in the tournament. The schedule that will be released later. Um, and yeah, we will go from there. Yeah. Um, Craig did say, I don't, I can't remember if I mentioned this. Um, the U.S. women's national teams, so Kelly O'Hara and uh, Kristen Press are not back yet. Um, uh, the Canadians are, but I think after having traveled, they're basically in quarantine, so they haven't had to rejoined the team. Um, and Diallo is not in the country, but it sounds like they expect her for the tournament, which is will be exciting to see her. Yeah, so obviously there is quarantine dealios. Um, the league's Immigration lawyer is working to clear visas for international players who, you know, got caught on like the whole limbo thing. So, um, yeah, that's that's what that's what we know. Um, yeah, Canadians are back. U.S. national team players conversations are going. Um, 
it's kind of funny hearing Craig say they have to get things done first and then come. <laughs> uh, that's what I heard. Yeah. Well, um, he I, said that he only found out about the tournament officially yesterday. That's true. So that's kind of crazy. I guess I thought they would know. I, I probably knew something was likely to come, but still. Like officially, I'm sure. Yeah. Like it's happening for sure. Because the email came in so early this morning. I know. I was still in bed and all of a sudden like you had reported things and articles were being published. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, for real. I woke up and it's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta get up. Yeah. Here's how my day started. It was like 6.30 around. It was early. Yeah. That's, it's too early. It's too early for news. We, um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, like, we didn't think getting a NWSL commissioner would think <laughs> things were, like, working this efficiently. It's a little too much. <laughs> At least wait till lunchtime, guys. Yeah, slow down, Lisa. Slow down just a little bit. Um, all right. They probably wanted to get things out before somebody leaked it, probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to some listener questions? Let's do it. All right. Um, Quentin Quarantino. <laughs> I don't know if that's his real name, but if it is. <laughs> Surely it is. I don't know. It could be. Uh, remember Stockton Mayor? Um, <laughs> um, at Royals and Jazz, he asked, my main question is, is Lucas going to be mass, a mass bubble invader and photograph the games? Absolutely, I, I am. I would pay to see that. Yeah, I mean, I'll like, I, you know, I'll get one of those bubble boy outfit things. Uh, so there's no germs. If that means I can photograph these games, 100% down for that. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Please do it. I would pay for see that. Um, and then another question is, curious if players have to bunk with teammates or if there are other options. Options. CC, Heathen pressed. <laughs> I think you have to stick with your team. Yeah, there's no way that you can just hang out <laughs> with your buddies. Uh, like, I... I I think the only interaction they will have with other teams will be on the field. I think everything other will be kept distant, no matter what you know the relationship looks like between players. This is they're still going to try to keep people as isolated as possible for the health of everyone, and I think that's probably what's best. Yep. So, all right. No social distancing. I mean, do social distance. <laughs> Uh, Sarah asks, how will non-rostered invitees be used, if at all? I saw a name on Utah's list that I was excited to see, but she was non-rostered, wondering if they were sent home. Hmm. Man, I don't really know. Do you? I don't, but I think um, with so many games in a one-month period, um especially if you make it on and on, like you're going to need healthy players. So I, that is a good question because 
obviously preseason has been completely scratched. Um, and that's usually when we see a lot of these non-roster invitees to like try out and join the team. And, you know, especially with like World Cup players leaving and I'm sorry, Olympics coming up. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, as far as no. I knew, when all of this happened, everybody was in market. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find out June 21st. <laughs> Wait and see. Yeah. Didn't they say the roster size was 25 players? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which yeah, is so- kind of like. Oh, that's kind of like your regular season roster. Where, yeah. That's a good question, Sarah. And honestly, I don't have a full answer, but we can always ask. Yes. And, you know, it might be a wait and see situation. I mean, the mm-hmm. normal roster rules are 20 to 22 senior players, four supp- supplemental players. Um, and then something with, like, practice players and invitees, but... Um. Yeah, curious to see how that shakes down too. Mm-hmm. Wait and see. Um, Aaron Stockham asks: Any chance the Royals bring in those potential international players now? Their return to play has been finalized. We've got to be ahead of Man City in that regard. For example, you know, somebody tried to get an answer to this, and we, again. It was a big old no. The question was like, can you comment on, you know, Bukhari? And it was a short answer, no. So yeah, yeah. Tyler Smith asked a similar question of, do you think the league playing games will have any impact on those rumored royal signings? I mean, it, there's an advantage of there's actual games to be played now. Maybe that helps get the deal over the line, especially. Um, trying to bring players in. However, the real strategy might have changed where they don't want to spend big on mm. players that are going to be around for essentially a month-long season if mm-hmm. if there's no no season after this tournament. Mhm. That's true. So, yeah. Good answer, Lucas. Um Meli Palacio asked about uh, Aminata Diallo. Um, is her contract broken because of the situation or what will happen? Um, I mean, will she participate? And like you said earlier, she's still in France, but I believe they're working to get her over here. Yeah, the way Craig Harrington responded to my question today did not make me think that she's out of the plan. It seems like that is... You know, she's still a part of the team. Um, yes, she's on loan, but that doesn't mean, you know, she's not expected to report, assuming she chooses to do so. I mean, her could be a, an example of uh, she doesn't feel safe traveling across from, you know, from Europe to the U.S. Um, and so she's going to, you know, opt out of this tournament. And if there's, regular season games later she would play those but um yeah that feels like it could be a little bit of a wild card because she's obviously the furthest away and you know not familiar with the team doesn't have a connection here so um 
Yeah. But to answer the question, you know, her contract isn't broken or anything. However, mm-hmm. she has the same rights as any other player if she can um, decide not to play in this tournament if she doesn't want to. Yeah. And is there a uh, travel restriction from France? There was from Europe there, a while back. There might be, but... Um, uh, Lisa Baird spoke to that that the NWL like NWL athletes are essentially exempt from that, um, and so they would be able to bring her over. There's still transatlantic flights happening. I think it's just okay. far less than normal, um, right. but they would be able to bring her over here. It's not like the government is gonna say no, right. she can't come because she's in France. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I do remember that. Good. Good memory. Um, Peggy asks, who do you speculate sits out? So I actually asked um, Craig on this one if they anticipated anybody to sit out, um, if, if that was something that, um, yeah, if they anticipated anybody to sit out in. Um, from his answer, it seems like everybody's still in. There ha- you know, conversations are ongoing. They're talking to players. But they really don't anticipate um, players sitting out. Um, even from like the fact that we described talking to Kelly and Kristen, he didn't. I didn't get the sense that you know those two were going to sit out either. So, um, as far as we know, based on conversations, um, no, nobody's expected to sit out right now. Um, yeah. I mean, if we have to speculate, I would say Michelle Maimon, she just has a bad attitude. <laughs> just kidding. She seems <laughs> like she has a great attitude. I Yeah, I, I doubt anyone would sit out. Again, maybe Diallo, um, simply because of the distance, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Kapil O'Hara asks, since there will be no fans, can posters be put up in the stands? Uh, I don't know. Probably, but I don't think it happens. I think mm-hmm. when you have two stadiums for 25 games, it, the advantage of that would be to represent the fans of each team. It'd be really hard to switch that out between games quickly. Um and I think some people would probably just dislike that. Um, I know the Portland Riveters released a statement how they're anti anything like piped in yeah. cheering or crowd noises. Um, and so they would certainly, from from their statement, seem like they were opposed to something like this. Um, and I think just logistically, it's probably more work than it's worth, especially when we're seeing leagues like Bundesliga. Um you know, some broadcasts are using piped-in crowd noise, some aren't, but there's nothing that <laughs> in the stadium for that. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I mean, if they need an official Bubuzuela person, I I volunteer. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> Just flashbacks to the awful sound during 2010. I loved them. I don't know why people were so mad about them. I thought Just they were the- unique constant hum that never stopped 
Can you imagine <laughs> going to the World Cup and being so excited and then you can't hear anything like being in the stadium but that? That would be so rough. Oh, I love the Bubuzuelas. I want to play one now. Here we go. Ready? Oh, wait. Maybe that's not a song. No. Trying to find a song. <laughs> there is actually a Bubuzuela chromatic orchestra. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's not good. And that's so much better than what it sounds like in a stadium. Okay, what about that? What about that? I like it. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> okay, let's, let's rein it in because that is that's too much. I have a new soundtrack. I'm so excited. Um, that's great. All right, that's. I think that's. Oh, uh, yeah. That's all we got. Unless you want to continue listening to the Bubuzuela Chromatic Orchestra. I, you know, I probably will, but <laughs> let, let's let the listener do that in their own time. So we should probably just end here on that high note. Wow. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, that's all I got then. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but if you would like to, they are available on Spotify. Um, it looks like they are. Um, <laughs> they are. They have 64 monthly <laughs> listeners. 64? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to follow them. To you be know them. most of those are just them listening around stuff to inflate those numbers well i'm gonna follow them i'm so excited now oh that's great <laughs> anyway that's all we got anything else lucas no i think we covered everything and then some and then some all right thanks for listening friends stay safe